Where the travel agents coming to you with tips, tricks, interviews, and voyages by cruise. The travel agents bringing you the latest travel news. Today we are joined with Dawn Barkley. Uh, she has just written a book. Uh, Dawn, welcome to the show. Yes. How about you introduce yourself? Great. My name is Dawn M. Barkley, and I've written a book called uh, Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. Um, came out today, which is the 15th of August, and it is available in hardcover ebook and audiobook. That's awesome. Uh, where can they purchase the book? Uh, you can pretty much get it anywhere. Uh, you can get it, of course, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or at Roman & Littlefield, who are the publishers. They have it on their website. It's available in most uh, small bookshops, like independent bookshops. You can go to their website and you'll find it online. You probably won't find it on their shelves, but you'll find it online and can order it through them there. And um, the same thing, the audiobook is available through um recorded books and also on audible. So Don, I know I have friends and family who have children on the spectrum and whenever it comes to travel, they immediately get nervous and anxious and almost look at it like, no, I, I just can't travel. I, I just can't. And so yeah. you're coming to us with this idea that no, actually you can, there's some really great things to mitigate the stress and, and, and the issues. What would you say are like some of those, those top things that, you know, you would, you would start by just telling a parent, yes, you can actually make this happen. Well, what's interesting about what you said is it's backed up by a survey that IBCCES held in 2018 and updated in 2022. In um, the results of 2018, of 1,000 special needs parents, 87% of them said they would uh, not travel at all. And of those, 93% said they would if they knew where to go and, and what to do and they knew that the people working there had been trained to help them. Wow. Now, that's been updated in 2022. I actually have a story coming out in um, uh, on my blog and also hopefully an insider travel report where I write, um, where it will say that that's gone down about 9%, which means that all this accreditation and all this training from these different training companies is making a difference and making it more feasible for people to travel. I mean, 78% is still a huge number of people who don't feel like they can travel. And right. most of those people don't do so because they're actually afraid of what people will think about them if their child goes into sensory meltdown. They're afraid that people will judge them as bad parents or their child as brats when and all it is is a sensory overload. Um, so your question, I squirted around it, <laughs> was what are some ways that people can travel? Exactly. And that's what the entire book is about. Mm. It's um, got 85% strategies and about 15% or 20% destinations that have been uh, designated as um, autism-friendly or certified autism centers, depending on who's done, doing the accreditation. And in the book, I talk about how to start small and introduce the concept of travel. And I'm happy to go into that. And I talk about how to prepare. And the tip is that you can never over-prepare. And also, I talk about how to create a child-centric vacation. And what's really important to also understand is that all these tips will help neurotypical children as well. 
because every child, when they're taken out of their comfort zone and nothing will do that faster than travel, becomes anxious and inflexible. Right. And so right. the whole key is to create predictability because children crave predictability and routine. Hmm. You want to make the unfamiliar familiar to them. So if you're going to start with introducing the concept of travel to a child, um, you can show them picture books with their favorite characters in children's uh, in travel situations. And librarians would be happy to point out what books those are to you. Hmm. Uh, you can preview via thank goodness for technology you can preview everything on youtube or in videos provided by suppliers so you should really show a child every aspect of a trip even this is the outside of the hotel this is what check-in is going to look like this is what our room's going to look like this is what the pool looks like that's so um, interesting you bring that up i remember i had a friend who was a teacher at a nearby middle school of 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 uh uh, children on the spectrum and what they did was they were going to Disney world and what they, they practiced in the classroom, they practiced everyone lining up. Like they were going to go through TSA. They made a little TSA, uh, you know, like a little, uh, it's like a mock trial. Exactly. For TSA, right? right. Right. Take everyone practice that you're going to take off your shoes and that's normal. And then this is how we're going to do it and put it up on the conveyor belt. And I guess that was uh, significantly helpful. Perfect. And I was going to say role play is another excellent way to do things. And the beautiful thing is that there is a group. The ARC has a program called Wings for Autism and they close down during COVID. They're coming back. And what they do is provide you in several airports around the country with a dress rehearsal from arrival to boarding. And when they board, it's into a fake plane, but um, it'll go through to ESA and and explain what that's going to be like when there's not so much importance on it because this is a trial run. So that's another thing. Also, there's a, comp a group called TSA Cares who can assign someone to you in various airports where you can have somebody just sort of shadowing you and helping you through the more difficult parts like TSA, like uh, security. Wow. So there's a lot to learn here and a lot to talk about in this topic. Um, one of the things that I think it would be really helpful for viewers or listeners to know, um, is there a certain thing uh, when it comes to traveling with uh, kids on the spectrum that might trigger them or something to help uh, someone on the spectrum uh, travel comfortably? Well, there's so much. Mm -hmm. And this is why you've got to think out the trip from the second you leave the house to when you come back and even afterward, what can trigger you and you know, your child better than anybody else. But what triggers a sensory meltdown can be, I mean, 91% of kids with autism or that around that um, have sensory sensitive uh, sensitivities. So that's hard to say together. <laughs> <laughs> so bright lights, flashing lights, uh, fluorescent lights with the hum that goes with them is annoying. Um, any sort of bright decor or, or busy decor, or it could be the a crowd and the noise of a crowd or the scent of perfume. I mean, it's going to depend on the child, heavy cleaning agents with that kind of smell, um, loud noises, sirens. So you can imagine there's just so much. And that's why it's really important to yeah. always bring noise canceling headphones with you, wow. uh, dark glasses, especially, nice. you know, you wouldn't think it, but bring it to a theme park, even if you're going at night because of those flashing lights can be disturbing. 
Um, but again, people are going to know their own children. So you're going to know, wow, how are we going to get from the house to the airport? Are we going to take like a, a jitney or are we going to drive ourselves? Um, right. You know, if your child can't deal with a lot of different smells and a lot of crowds, maybe you want to take, you know, you're the only ones in that transfer. Same thing from transferring from um you're uh, from the airport to the hotel. Do you want to take a large uh, bus that might be provided by the hotel or do you want to rent a car? Because the car might be the better choice. Gotcha. And again, so you really have to break it down. So a couple of the things is I believe in many experiences and one of the, these are like trial runs. And one of the things you can do, you talked about role play. One of the things you can do is actually go to the airport uh, the ARC runs a program called um, Wings for Autism, and that lets the child do a dress rehearsal from everything from arrival at the airport through boarding, although they won't go on a real aircraft. And so that's very helpful because it's not charged, you know, supercharged with uh, like this is the end. This has to happen right now. It, it just lets them in a relaxed way experience what it's going to be like in advance. And there's also a program called TSA Cares at various airports where you can, uh, if you identify yourself as um, someone with an issue, that you can have uh, someone assigned to you that can get you through the more difficult parts of the airport process like TSA, like going through security. That's cool. Quick little plug. I'm proud to say that our Akron Canton Airport here in Northeast Ohio, I believe it's currently one of two airports in Ohio that has a sensory room for children uh, with with uh, on the spectrum. And it's I've gotten to tour this room. I thought it was I was impressed, and it was just just like what you're talking about. Because I was thinking, Don, um, it, when it comes to travel, one thing that I mean plague so many people is just particularly families having to wait just lots of waiting i my my brother and his wife and their two kids just got home from scotland last week their flight after a eight hour flight into washington dc from edinburgh uh they landed in dc and because of the storm there were no gates open because no flights were leaving and they had to just sit on the runway for two additional hours after an eight-hour flight and when you have two kids who are under six years old that's that's quite difficult i can only imagine how difficult it would be if you also had children on the spectrum and so i was just curious like i was just thinking of all the different aspects on of, of having to wait while traveling like you go to get the rental car there's a line of people you go to you know Get on the flight. There's a line of people with all these lines and waiting. What are some of the tips you have in those um, situations? So, again, this is why it's really important to think things out in advance and say these are the places where that can happen. And to explain everything in advance, many times the child create a social story. And I talk about it's, it's a sort of a complicated thing to explain here, but I talk about social stories in the book. Um, and it's a narrative from the child's point of view of how they'll deal with certain things. Um, so say, first of all, you're going to go with a go, a go-to bag. And in the go-to bag, you're going to put many things that you might need at different um, junctures during the trip. So you're going to have your noise-canceling headphones. You're going to have um, snacks. You're going to have electronics with your child's favorite uh, movies and TV shows. Um, you're going to have fidget toys. You're going to have whatever calms your child down. And you can have 
little gifts that are surprises like um, silly putty or anything yeah. that's not going to crumble or uh, break apart or make noise that would annoy other passengers. And the beauty of that is you can say, we're going to have these little surprises. And if there's a delay, you're going to get one or you're going to get one every hour during the delay so that you actually have incentivized. The <laughs> oh, that's driver. genius. <laughs> I believe in bribery all the way. Yeah. I mean, I've been yelled at, at by therapists for that, but I believe in it strongly. Yeah. And um, if you've gone over things and the child knows what to expect, you've empowered that child. Mm. And that's why it's so important also when you're planning the trip to get the child's buy-in and maybe you do your research, pick two or three different locations that you vetted, and then you offer the child the choice if the child is of an ability to do so. Where do you want to go of these three places? Because suddenly the child has, you know, vested interest in the success of the trip. Same thing with daily activities. Let the child have buy-in. Let the child decide what he or she is going to bring along. I mean, obviously you're going to want it to be clothing that is appropriate for the destination. Um, but that brings up another topic, and that is if you've got a child in Florida who's going to Alaska, you probably want to have that child practice wearing layered clothing and heavier clothing before right. the actual trip. And you probably don't want to bring new clothing because they're, it's going to be itchy or, or unfamiliar feeling. Yeah. Some people tell you not to wash your clothes before you go, and I know people are going, what do you mean? I'm not going to go with dirty clothes. But the thing is that the child has the sensation that they know from the clothes they've worn and also the scent of home. Oh, and that okay. is calming to the child. Sure. Okay, so I know in your book you talk about various destinations that are more mm-hmm. friendly for this. Are you yeah. uh, are you willing to share maybe one? I'm willing to share as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I would give the caveat that just because I list a places um, cert- autism certified or autism friendly, those things mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm. Um, and you should really do your due diligence. And I list phone numbers and URLs and everything else for every property. Call and find out how did they get their designation? What was their training? What do they offer? Because what they offer might not be right for your child. Every child on the spectrum mm. is different. And also um, make sure all the information is still accurate because things change. I even found destinations that, you know, locations that change. People move museums and things, which is why I have the um, the blog that backs up the, the, the book so that I can update things as I go along. Sure. But you want to make sure also that if they offer a low sensory day or um, week or whatever it is, that it's when you're going to be there. Because there are some museums that have a low sensory day, but it's one day a month and it might not be when you're there. That being said, um, some of the places that most of the certified autism travel professionals recommended and many parents agreed, um, beaches, both Turks and Caicos in Jamaica, are advanced certified autism centers. They go above and beyond. Um, so wonderful place where the chill, the kids clubs, the people have been, um, trained. Yeah. And Don, you're talking about, sorry to interrupt. You're talking about beaches resorts, which is the family friendly partner of sandals resorts, which people might know from commercials and being couples, adults only beaches is the family friendly version. They do have a property in Turks and Caicos as well as one in Ocho Rios and one in Negril, Jamaica. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that's an excellent choice. Also cruises. And there is um, a group called Autism on the Seas that puts together group cruises for families on the spectrum. Oh. Uh, and if you're going on your own, they can also organize various amenities and, and helpful tips along the way. Um, but all the major cruise lines have been trained to offer um, they have their staff trained and, and they have things for you. Right. And RCCL or Royal Caribbean was the first of those. Uh, they even have a TV channel that's dedicated to teaching about um, what it's like to be on the spectrum. So there's a lot there. And I'm very pro cruise anyway, because I believe for a family where perhaps one person is neurodiverse and one person is neurotypical, that there's something for everyone. Yes. Now, I will say that the different people that were interviewed in the book sort of had various points of view on whether you should go for a large cruise or a small cruise. Mm. So the smaller cruise, they said there's, there's less people around. It's easier to control your environment. But the people who were for the large cruises said, but it's so spread out that you're never going to have a large crowd in any one place. And there's enough diversity to keep everybody happy. So you have to sort of make your decision. That's really cool. Don, could I uh, back you up a little bit? And could you explain, you said the terms neurodiverse and neurotypical. Could you explain that for our audience? Yeah. Neurotypical probably would be, you know, it's very hard to say it in a PC way, but let's just say um, neurodiverse means thinking differently. Okay. So it might be autism. It might be ADHD. It might be Tourette's. It might be uh, bipolar. Anything where you're programmed a little differently or you're wired a little differently. Neurotypical is the opposite. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. If you, you mentioned the term um, sensory overload and the kids might uh, you know, succumb to that and the, the parents start feeling bad because it's happening in, in public and they feel like mm -hmm. bad parents and all this stuff, which is not true. It's not the case. But what are words of encouragement? What are things that they could do to help uh, calm the child to help them overcome that sem uh, sensory deprivation as it or sorry, sensory overload. Would it well, be, uh, giving them noise canceling headphones in that moment or? Yes. Okay. Well, I think getting them ready, everything I've written in the book is sort of to prepare them so that they don't have the overload. Mm -hmm. But it, this is a very hard question to answer because everybody knows their own child and every child is different. Okay. But what I can tell you is people have, many people have taught their child calming mechanisms. Uh, some people will just have to let the tantrum or not the tantrum, but the overload is a tantrum. I mean, but it's, um, it comes from a, an understandable place, uh, yeah. play itself out, but they, they sort of remove the child, get them to a quieter spot, maybe give them food or a snack or just hold them it you know compression helps it's really depends on the child okay so when it comes to this topic at hand have you heard of any or seen any success stories well all the people like i i i don't know if i said this on the program or i said it before we started but um I've interviewed over a hundred people for this book and many of them are the certified autism travel professionals that many of them are um, special needs parents themselves, as well as their clients who are, are special needs parents. So all of their successes are in the book, but the wonderful thing about the way the, the interviews went is that they weren't afraid to say what went wrong okay. and what they learned from them. Good. So you have one dad who said, you know, 
I and, and you're benefiting from what they learn because they're telling you what not to do. Um, so you're the lucky ones if you buy the book. Um, one guy was like, yeah, I found out that Disney doesn't serve ice cream till 10 a.m. And my oh. child wanted it at nine and <laughs> lost his mind. And what they ended up doing was um, calling home to their travel agent who told them where in the park at Disney to go where it's quieter. And, uh-huh. and, and that helped until ice cream could be had. But now he knows. And I think what I tried to do is give several different tips for each type of situation. So if one doesn't work, another one might. Because, again, every child is different. And you're going to learn. Like, don't give up if one trip doesn't work. Because what you've learned is invaluable because you'll take it on the next trip. Right. But what I suggest is before you go and spend thousands on an expensive hotel stay, spend a night at a friend or a relative's house or even a local hotel and see where the triggers are going to lie because then you're going to know how to prepare better. Is it that you need um, to bring the sheets and blankets from home with the familiar scent or the toiletries from home or a a fan to block out the noise from the hallway or a nightlight or things that just will help make the room look like it does at home. And that's a much cheaper way to do that. Just like camping, set out a tent in your backyard for a night before you go on a full-fledged camping trip. Anything you can do. I mean, if my child, I didn't know if they were going to like being on the water before I booked a cruise, I'd probably take a ferry ride. Oh, good point. You know, or yeah. I take a commuter train before I, I booked, you know, something cross country. Don, you are absolutely opening up our minds to this new world. That I don't think, mm-hmm. Will, you or I have ever even ever even thought yeah. of yeah these yeah. are these are these are the tips we need this is good i'm just i'm already thinking of potential clients who might want to travel <laughs> and what a good yeah. book this would be what a great resource before before their before their trip takes off so thank you yeah yeah i mean if i was a travel agent i would at least have a copy in my my office mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you know um you'll know how to advise even if you don't go out and get the training, which is not that expensive to get to be a certified autism travel professional. Mm -hmm. If you just, you know, an IBCCES gives that training, I think it's $150. You can do it online. Um, I don't work for them by the way, but I just think (laughs) it's an awfully nice designation to have. Um, But you know, if you don't want to do that, at least this will give you, you know, a snapshot about what the world is like for them and, and what you should be thinking about. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you, can you plug the book for us one last time? <laughs> well, I've done. Um, yes. Traveling different vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible and the neurodiverse. Please uh, follow me at um, traveling because that's where I update the book and do various stories uh, that that will either supplement or update the book. And you can follow me on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You pretty much can't spit without seeing or hitting me. <laughs> no, this was a pleasure having you. This was great. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank I you. Feel, I, feel, I feel great about this and, and more knowledgeable on the subject. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely you. Uh, have helped us understand a world that we're you know not familiar with. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. And I'll put all of your information uh, in the description of this podcast episode. So anyone that's listening and you want to learn more about Don's book and what Don is trying to educate people with, you can just click the links and it's going to send you right to her website, right to her book. Don, all the thank best you to so you. Much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're the travel agents. That's the end of our show. 
subscribe